And uh, God, I thank you for our time together this morning, Lord. God, that you have called us, Father. That we have the freedom to come together to honor you, Lord. And Father, in honoring you, God, I, I just want to just come to you with a grateful and a thankful heart, God. That you have given us this country, Father. No matter what the condition is, Father, we live here. And this is our home, God. And, and we should have pride in it. And we should have a grateful attitude for it. And for those that have gone before us, who've lost their lives, Father, so that we could have this home. Yes, this world is changing. Our country is changing, God. But, God, in this moment right now, I thank you that we were born here. I was even reflecting upon that this morning, that why did you choose me to be born here, to be able to worship freely? And someone else was chosen to be born into a country where they are physically punished for worshiping. So God, I don't want to take that for granted, that we live here, that this is our home, and that we would honor you, and that we would be patriotic people who love our country and speak positively of our country, who, Father, take advantages of things like voting, God, because you put us here in this country of freedom. So protect our country. Father, I pray that you would give wisdom to our leaders, Father. Father, expose the corruption, God. And as we come and we worship you today, God, Father, with, with song and with your word, God, that our hearts would be good soil, Father, that you would convict us, Holy Spirit, God, that we would be quick to repent, quick to move on, that we would be encouraged for what you called us to, God. None of us know what we're going to face when we walk out these doors or when we open our eyes tomorrow, Father. We don't know what's awaiting us, but we know, God, that you are going to see us through. So we honor you in that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And play a couple of things throughout our time today and so the first time using this platform in our times together so bear with me as I try to do all this audio and tech stuff Before we go in our time of worship, I just want to be able to just be encouraged with this opening, and then we'll go into our time of worship right after it. People of God, let's put away the old sinful nature of the flesh. This is not a time to be living in sin. It's not the time to be lukewarm. Be renewed in your spirit. Be renewed in your mind. I encourage you to have a burning desire, a yearning to live for Jesus Christ. Romans 6, verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Indeed, we should no longer be slaves to sin. We should no longer be slaves to the flesh or to the world because we as believers are born of God. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are washed and sanctified by his blood. As new creatures in Christ, we should therefore walk by faith and not by sight. We should walk in the spirit and not according to the flesh. Galatians 5, verse 16 to 18 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, 
and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. 1 John 2 verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Saints, let's examine ourselves and let's be honest with ourselves. Are we any different from the unbelieving world in which we live? Or do we share the same attraction? and the same standards. Is your mindset different of the unbeliever in the world? Well, it should be. Your mind should be renewed. It should be transformed. There should be a difference because we're called to come out from among them, them being this world. Our perspective, our priorities. How are we? as born-again Christians, different from the world that we live in. I pray that you'd sit down and evaluate your behavior and your conduct. Do they match up to God's? Let's be true disciples of Christ. Disciples who are totally committed to the kingdom of God in word and in deed. Let us be disciples who measure ourselves with the word of God to make sure we're never stepping out of line or doing things our own way. Let's be disciples who are doers of the word and not simply hearers. I encourage you to live as the word of God directs us to. To help myself do this, I regularly hold myself up against the word of the Lord. I hold it up to see if my actions are matching God's requirements for a Christian. This means that if I am to live in the truth of Philippians 3, verse 20, which says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I'm to have a mindset that is focused on things above, on heavenly things, on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. That's what I will meditate on. If I am to live in the truth of Matthew 16, verse 26, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Then my goal in life, my mission in life, is not to be successful by any means necessary. It's not to accumulate and acquire as much as I can. But rather, it is to live for God. It's to live in obedience to his word so that my soul can be saved. If I'm to live in the truth of Matthew 16, verse 24, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Then my obsession is constantly running after Jesus seeking after Jesus. More of you, God, and less of me.
your will be done and not mine. For you not to be of this world, then you are living a life that is set on following Christ, set on obeying his word, and set on serving, serving the kingdom of God. One of the clearest and most powerful verses in the Bible can be found in 1 John 2, verse 6. The Word of God says, Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. I don't think the Bible can be any clearer here. Anyone who claims to be a Christian must walk and conduct themselves as Christ. We ought to be imitators of Christ in every way possible. And this means we need to strive to be as prayerful as Jesus was when he walked on this earth. We should strive to be as loving and merciful as Jesus was on this earth. We should fight to be about our Father's business. We should fight to do God's will. And so, dear friend, our heart's cry should be, Lord, I want to walk like you did. Teach me how to love like you did. Teach me how to be obedient, just like you were. Teach me how to be forgiving, just like you were. And, of course, teach me how to pray like you did. As you are listening, I want to encourage you and let you know that once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Ephesians 4 verse 20 to 24 says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. Let's worship our King. Amen. Yes.
same God that spins things in orbit.
Stories that have proved your faithfulness I've seen miracles my mind can't comprehend And there is beauty in what I can't understand Jesus, it's you Jesus, it's you
the light that ceased to be in the world, the representation of freedom collapses. And that's why all the forces around us will love nothing more and within us will love nothing more than to see our great nation collapse. Do you know how many people overseas in all other countries, they long to be in America? <laughs> why? Because we're the land of the free. <laughs> freedom, freedom. People just desire to be free in and of your natural self. Apart, that's just saying, you know, apart from Christ, in and that, that rebellious nature, there's still something deep down inside of every human being that longs to be free. But that need can never be met in the temporalness of life. Can't even really freedom. You can't really understand the, even the essence of freedom just because your feet may be even in America. No, the real essence of freedom, the, the depths of freedom is only in Christ and the kingdom of God. That's the ultimate freedom. So yes, we need to celebrate our nation. We need to understand the history of it. Of it. We don't have to be, you know, those who are trying to tear it down, but we actually need to be those who are actually building it up and standing in unity of what God purposed this great nation to be. But as we think about freedom this week, I want to get beyond just the temporalness of, of America, and I want you to think about spiritual freedom, the ultimate freedom. Because each and every single one of us are going to take our last breath, and you're going to stand before a holy God, the only God, the true God. And how then are you standing before Him? Liberated because of His Son Jesus? Marked by Christ? Or do you stand before him still bound as one in rebellion towards him? You see, application is vital. It's sustained effort. It's hard work. The Christian life is not a, a kumbaya life. No, it's hard work. It's hard work. And this weird gospel that's being peddled out there and it has been peddled out there and will continue to be peddled out there because the enemy will love nothing more than to keep you bound. Lull you to sleep. Keep you complacent. Keep you ignorant. Keep you focused on me, myself, and I. But shh, it's okay. And he gives us this false sense of freedom. A false sense of freedom. That's not freedom at all. It's not freedom at all. So you have to be applying God's truth. You've got to be able to, 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 to allow... If you're, if you're born again, if you're not born again, then you can try all you want in and of your strength. You're going to exhaust yourself. You're just going to become religious. You know, statistics say that about 97, 98% of people sitting in churches who claim to be Christians, they're not Christians. They're just superstitious. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. 
I mean, we're going through on Friday nights the, the, the understanding of a of Christian worldview, a biblical worldview. And you can go out and you can talk to people who quote-unquote claim that they're Christians. And you can sit down and have a conversation and ask them, what do they believe? And right away, you can begin to see, now wait a minute, wait a minute, what they're believing is not even biblical. But yet somehow, some way, they have bought in to this false sense of freedom. This false sense of security. And yet Jesus himself, and even in his day, looks at the quote-unquote men of God of his day. And he tells them, you travel far to win converts. You work hard at it, but you're making them twice as much the son of hell as you are. And this is what we're up against. That's why I keep telling you, you just can't roll out of bed and, I'm a Christian. Now, have you been born again? Because that's what Jesus says. You must be born again of a new nature. You must be born again of the Spirit. And this then, from this new birth, you begin to grow. You begin to mature. You begin to recognize the works of the old nature. You begin to say, no, that's not who I am any longer. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ living in and through me. What does that look like for your life? How did others see that truth, if that is really your truth, in you this week? Because if they're not seeing it, something's wrong with your faith. Something's wrong with your Christianity. You're actually making a mockery of him. And this is where we have to wake up. We have to wake up because the hour is urgent. The hour is urgent. And so this year's word, application, we're now into July. And I keep encouraging us, let's not get to December and be the way even we were back in January. You know, you should see growth in your life. And if you don't, don't play the weird, like, oh, I'm not a Christian. Oh, I shouldn't go to church. Or, oh, don't do all that weirdness. Look, just, that's just the reality. Like, God, what is wrong with me? God, help me. Because that should prompt you to run to him, not prompt you to pull away from him. Because he's pleased. He's pleased to reveal these areas in our life. Because remember, it's his loving kindness that draws us to himself draws us to repentance. He's not, he's not stiff-arming us. He, he, he's not folding his arms and then speaking just all these accusations against you. He already knows us. He already knows our state of rebellion. He already understands that we're just dust. <laughs> and dust where we are returning. But yet he's so gracious and he's so kind and he's so loving That he reveals himself to us over and over and over and over and over again. That in that revelation that we just don't take it for granted. No, we humble ourselves before him and, oh God, I am a sinner. I am an enemy towards your throne. But God, you sent forth your son Jesus. Took my punishment. And because of all that he did and accomplished, I could be free. 
I have a new life now. You see, your Christian life is just not adding Jesus to your life. No, no. If you're truly a believer, you died to that old life. You say, but every now and then I hear it calling. Oh yeah, you will. Because Galatians 5 tells you that the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. Application, 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 application. That's why it's vital. July 7th, coming up. 2.30 in the afternoon, 26 years ago. Surrendered my life to Christ. Wasn't easy getting to that point. I fought it. Just as you should. But man, when you finally get to the end of yourself, you're just like, oh, okay, God. Okay. I'm yours. I don't know what my life's going to look like. I don't know anything. But that's why I've always told you. The prayer I prayed then is the same prayer I prayed now. How then now shall I live? I don't know how to live as a Christian. I don't, have, I don't know how to live as your child. But God, you're so gracious and kind and, and you're pleased to reveal yourself to me through your son, Jesus. It does something to, to, your, to your inner self. And so as you grow, as you mature in this, as you seek, as you apply, as you begin to move forward, your habits change, your desires change. Why? Because the Bible tells us how does he transform us? By changing the way we think, by renewing our minds. That's why you must apply the truth, apply the truth, apply the truth. Freedom, you all. And I keep telling you all, once you've tasted it, once you, once you understand what you've been given through Christ, you're not going to settle for the junk that you've been feasting off of. You're going to realize, wait a minute, those are some sick habits. <laughs> That's destructive behavior. That's a very selfish attitude. Like all of a sudden you get to see that old self. So when the old self does try to raise its head, you go, oh, I see you. I know you. But let me remind you, <laughs> you're dead. And dead men, dead women have no rights. See, there's a way in which you ought to be talking. There's a way in which you ought to be living. There's a way in which you ought to be applying God's truth if you're a Christian. If you're not, well, praise God you're here. <laughs> but at some point, at some point, you're going to have to come clean with God. <laughs> Best do it now on this side. Than on the other side. Because on the other side, don't be those who are going to, that the Bible tells us, those are going to stand before him, but didn't I do this in your name? And didn't I do this? And didn't I do that? And he says, I don't know you. Like, I don't know you. There's no intimate fellowship here. There's no relationship here. You're still bound by sin. <laughs> that is who your master is. You're still in rebellion towards me. Depart from me. I never knew you. I have revealed myself time and time and time and time and time again. And yet you keep and kept refusing me. 
I mean, really, you can't make this stuff up, you all. I mean, it's just not another religion. It's just not another good little story. Oh, he's God, you all. And he's pleased to reveal himself to us. Yes, it seems weird at first. All growth pain is, it it hurts. If you remember what growing pains were like back in the day, it hurts. And yes, others will look at you and say, well, what's wrong with you? Why, Why don't you do what you used to do? Well, because God's doing something in me. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to the natural. But it makes perfect sense. When that veil has been removed from your eyes and it's all open now to you, and you're like, what? My God, you're real? I say, I don't know how you're, how you're walking. Well, that's why I love that song. I've loved it for years. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. It doesn't matter what you think, what you say, what the world says, what the next person says, what that person says, what my do- desires are screaming or whatever's going on. Like When you know that you know that you know, you're grounded and rooted in Christ. Doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. Doesn't mean you're not going to be challenged. Doesn't mean, like our poor brother I posted today about, he's a house church pastor over in Iran. Doesn't mean he's not going to get 50 lashes thrown into exile. Doesn't mean, like the woman I posted about this morning, they brutally, brutally beat her. It was so, so brutal, they couldn't even go into detail. But they did give us an understanding. After they did what they did to her body, they threw it in the sewer. Why, Rob? Because she refused to marry a Muslim. The Muslim people in her community killed her Christian husband. And so they demanded that she renounce Christ and marry this husband man. She refused. She will not denounce her Savior. And think how you live this week. And I'm not being mean, but this is just a reality. Like there's something going on in the West. Just lull to sleep. Have your little Christianity. Go into your churches. Go into your places of worship. Shh. Jesus loves you. He doesn't mind. The enemy doesn't mind lulling you to sleep with lullabies of Jesus. You better wake up. He comes in as an angel of light. He's trying to twist and pervert and distort the truth. And if you're not actively engaging in your Christian life and knowing your God and walking with your God, something is wrong with your faith. And I dare say you're not a Christian. You say, oh, that's mean, Pastor. I'm just an immature Christian. Yeah, but for how long? How long? Lest we forget, I wrote the scripture I posted today, and it's a scripture I, I've read multiple times to us through over the years. 
when he says, I'm writing to the, you know, basically to the new believers. You are, because you have God's word in your heart, you've already overcame the enemy. See, there's different, maybe there's different stages in our growth, but there's one thing we all have in common. We're already victorious. We're already victorious. Because of what Christ has already accomplished, now we're just learning to what it looks like, just walking it out. Got God's word in my heart. I'm just applying it. I'm just living it. I'm in community. I'm loving God because He's loving me. Like we talked about on Friday night, that when you really grasp, when you really understand that you were created in God's image, and then what are you doing? Yoking yourself with things, with things, with things, <laughs> with thoughts, with people, with places, <laughs> with attitudes that nothing but destroy his image or attempt to, I should say. He's God, you all. He's holy. 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 Trust me, I, I wanted a, a weak gospel. <laughs> I tried my hardest. Lord, please don't be holy. <laughs> please, I can't, really can't be the standard. No, God, because you know my weakness. God, you know who I am. And Oh, God, you must be okay with it. You, you, must, be, you must approve of this. I tried to find it in Scripture. I mean, I could find the approval out there talking to people. Oh, it's okay, it's okay. Oh, it's okay, you're okay with God. God's okay with you. But every time I open up Scripture, like, no, the Holy Spirit had a megaphone. <laughs> I guess, ah! I'm like, oh, God. I mean, I, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. I knew. God, you've begun this work in me. I didn't. Nor can you. That's why I keep trying to encourage you all. But you didn't what you can't. You just don't wake up all you. No, that's God's working in you. You just being here today is not of your own thought and mindset. It's because God designed it and planned it for yet again to reveal himself to you. Because you could be somewhere else. I could be somewhere else. <laughs> but here we are yet again. Hearing yet again about God. About Jesus. The only way to the Father. You can't make it up, you all. So it's my desire as your pastor to, to keep upholding that standard that I just don't uphold for you, know, I uphold for myself. Because, man, I want to be able to, to rejoice in the fact that you're saved, that you're sealed until the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. And again, it's not about, oh, I've got to be perfect. You see, you just got to start confronting the lies in which you believe and then also your own deception you're doing for yourself because your flesh hates all of this. But when 
you apply truth, when you keep putting truth in front of you, you start going, hmm. Yeah. Not like that anymore, Rob. You're not doing that anymore. It's not honoring God. Nope. You're not going to talk that way. Nope. You're not going to allow those thoughts in. Nope. You're not. No. the narrow road. Not everybody's signing up on it. Not everybody wants it. Not everyone is going to heaven. I keep telling you all that. I know we like to think that. We all go to funerals. Boom, boom. Uncle Bob's in heaven. You know, Aunt Sally's in heaven. Everyone's in heaven. I'll see you on the other side. Shh. All asleep. All asleep. Do you understand? <laughs> you can't make it up. Someone buy me, make my shirt for me. I'm not chasing dust. <laughs> and I keep saying that over these past weeks because it just hit me when I was reading that psalm. <laughs> like, what? That's what we do. We're just chasing dust. We're trying to find value in dust, our worth in dust. I gotta be with that person. I gotta have this relationship. I just want someone to love me. I just want to feel accepted. I just want the material things. I want to have this. I want to have that. I want to be a part of this. I want this job. I want this identity. Whatever. And we're just running them up. And it's all, all going to dust. And that's what you think you were born for. I mean, I did many years. I lived that way. And that's what you think. That's why you were born. That's why you're on this earth. For dust. To find worth in dust. I said, God, I wish you would have shown them that years ago, Lord, but okay, that's good. But even now it's good, Lord, because what? It's just so crazy. Oh, you were created with an eternal purpose. What does the Bible say about that? He formed you. He created you. He prepared good works for you to do. Even before he placed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. He numbered the hairs on your head. And he knew that when you came forth from that womb and you ah, welled out, that that nature you came forth in was in total rebellion towards him. He's got you. Why? Because he sent Jesus from the beginning, even before he spoke and the earth was formed and Adam and Eve sinned. The cross was already purposed. He's faithful, you all. All that you would know him and understand. And then, then you would be about our Father's business. Like we must wake up. We must wake up. We must shake off the slumber. We must say, no, I don't know all I'm doing, God. You just got to get real with God. You just got to get real with yourself. Like last week I talked a lot about you pull yourself in front of the mirror. Start having conversations in front of the mirror. And say, no. I just don't want to be a religious person. I just don't want to be a super... I mean, I keep reading through the Old Testament. I'm like, how? 
they're no different than us. They're no different than the church. And then you go, you transition into the New Testament, and then you see the church being told the same thing. Like, know your identity. Know who you are. You can't go back to your old ways, your former life. That's not who you are now, because now you are the church. You are the bride of Christ. You have received the Holy Spirit, God Himself, in you if you believe. But man, I look at... I read through the Old Testament and they're loving God one moment and the next moment they're back with these idols. They're serving these other gods. They're running amok. They're eating their own crap and drinking their own urine. Eating their children. Running amok. God's people. And ultimately they were led right back to slavery. Because they wouldn't listen to God. All of that, everything in the Old Testament, all of that goings on, we're told in the New Testament, you need to see that. You need to understand that. Because it all points, ultimately, to the Messiah, to Jesus, the one that was announced after the fall. The one that would come and (laughs) crush the enemy. Why are we living lives as if our God is still in the tomb? Do you understand the resurrection? The power of the resurrection. That it's in you. If you truly believe. That you have all that you need. He's given us everything. We're not living a life out of defeat any longer. No, we're living in perspective of our identity in Christ. In his victory. Full access to everything. Let me ask you this. As you went forth this week, what ground did you take on behalf of the kingdom of God? What what does that mean? You have full access to the throne of God, to the kingdom of God. told you, you ought to be praying before you walk into Walmart or to Ross. You ought to be praying before you even get in the car. I don't know how many times this week I've almost been involved in a horrible accident. People crazy out there. You ought to be walking in. You ought to be praying and as you're going into the office or wherever you served and work, praying. You discern what's going on. But instead of all the chattering with everyone, why don't you start lifting it up to God? Like in the name of Jesus. And by the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I speak peace to this place. That chaos will not continue to rule in the lives of my co-workers. That the slander would stop, but and unity and edification will come forth. I'm not telling you to go in and pray out loud, and you, you know, sometimes you may have to, but oh, this is just so you praying as you're going. Remember years ago being downtown, and there was this Santeria shop. I think you were with me that night, Ben. And I remember walking by, I knew it was there for many, 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 many years, but the Holy Spirit quickened me to go lay my hands on that window. 
people didn't know what I was doing. Lord said, pray for it to close down. I'm going to shut it down. I said, Lord, yeah, shut it down. Within weeks, it was gone. That's weird, Rob. That's not weird. That's just how we move. Do you understand the level of darkness and deception that is rising up? And we're not to look like it. We're not to act like it. We're not to run amok with it. Well, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know my life. No, what I do know is where you're at because of your choices. Oh, that's a, now you're offending me. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking because you're used to just sitting in a fence instead of hearing truth and saying wait a minute I need to do something different (laughs) because what I've been doing hasn't been working (laughs) we get up you all we get up and we say wait a minute God you're really willing to reveal yourself to me Show me who you are, that I might live and not die. That I can go forth and be a representative. I can go forth and be an ambassador. Even even if they chain me up, I'll still praise you. (laughs) Even if they beat me down. God, it's for your honor. It's for your glory. If I have no one else, God, I have all that I need. I'm telling you all, it's a shift. Why? Because it's a new birth. You got to understand this, you all. It's a new birth. What? Who am I now, God? Who am I? I was thinking about Brittany the other day. I see that you're online, Brittany. I'm going to talk about you for a minute. But I was thinking, you know, God bless her, Jesus. Bless her heart. She had to hear me in this newness of my life, just constantly talking about Jesus, 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 this, 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 and just going out and going out and doing and just talking and just, just blah, everything that's just what God was doing. And then I remember her getting excited, writing little things or, or taking our little tracks and then putting them in different places in the stores or different places. I was like, wow, God. She began to see a change in her father. As well as other people in my life that begin to see a change in me. Not for myself, but like he's different. Something's different about him. You know? And people should see the difference in you. I'm sure Brittany was probably exhausted sometimes. Like, oh, goodness, all he, maybe she wasn't. You know, but I'm always doing something about Jesus. Just Jesus. Everything's Jesus. Everything's Jesus. Man. Like, man, you all that. It just. And you're not living again. It's not that you're out there purposely looking strange or odd. So don't get me wrong. Most of the times that things was going on, people didn't even know what I, I was praying. You know. But if he's your all in all, he's all you have. 
even when I don't, and you don't fully understand his ways. And it's okay. Say, I don't understand, but God, you're pleased to reveal yourself. Remember that one prayer I keep telling you about. I pray that God, you say that you will not neglect the work of your hands. And Father, I'm the work of your hands. Again, I don't know how you're engaging. I don't know how you're walking out this freedom. Like when you realize that you're not bound any longer. Sin is not your master. I mean, you won't sin, but sin isn't your master. When you understand that you've been liberated, the chains and the yoke that, that have held you down, you've been liberated from the enemy, from the world's influence, and from yourself. Those are the three. And in those three, it doesn't point to, if you would, others that we blame for our issues in our lives. No, the issues with our lives is this realm, this influence, and then ourselves. Because all the stuff that everyone else is doing to us, it's because we aren't healthy. We haven't been born again. We haven't allowed truth to come forth to repel the darkness. Try me. (laughs) But I know my God. There's a confidence that you walk in. There's a way in which you move. That's That's why the word says the world's interest in you is no longer. It already knows. Oh, it'll keep trying. It'll try to lure you in. You look at me like, why am I going to go back to that vomit? I've been clean. Why am I going to go waller back around? And even if you do choose, soon the Holy Spirit's going to come and say, what are you doing there? What? Oh, God. And it's not time to run from God. It's time to get up and run to God. It's your loving kindness. It's your loving kindness that you didn't leave me there. Like you prompted me, get up from there. Get up from there. It's not who you are anymore. Stop thinking those thoughts. Take every thought captive. Take the weapons of your warfare and demolish these strongholds. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Move forward, move on. So this weird Christianity that's going on out there, y'all gotta wake up. Woo! So what it draws the masses? Doesn't matter. They're all going to hell. And you say, well, that's harsh. No, that's, that's reality. Mm-hmm. They're mocking God. Mm-hmm. They're trampling his blood, making it common, and just splashing it up on everyone. Shh, I love you. Shh. Everyone's accepted. Shh, this is God. This is God. This is God. They're, re- they're, they're deconstructing and rebuilding the faith. It's this huge movement going on. And I go, what kind of nonsense? But if you're not rooted and grounded, you're not going to be able to stand. You're going to be like, oh, that, that, must, yeah, that must be. You know, there's this guy, what's his name? Joshua Aaron years ago. I think that's his name. 
He wrote a book on purity. And the church grabbed onto it, and boy, they, he went all around. Purity rings, and purity, and purity. And the message was great. The message was great. The message was great. And the message ought to be continuing to be lifted up because it's scriptural. Oh, but shh. Now he's apologizing. I should have never wrote that material. I need to reconstruct the faith. I need to rewrite it. And I go, wow. It's happening. Popular evangelists, popular ministers, people who have who've taught solid teachings for years. Shh. In a blink of an eye, the next Sunday morning they get up and they begin to speak doctrines of demons. And the masses sit there and say nothing. Could you imagine walking in here next Sunday and hearing me preach a totally different gospel than I've been preaching over these 26 years? I would hope you would think, come lay hands on me. Well, that devil's got a, what the heck? Or get up and walk out. Do something like what? Could you imagine, Maritza? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it always fascinates me. I see the thousands of people sitting in their sanctuaries, and they're all just sitting there. And I'm like, like, do you understand? That's demonic. This is what you're up against. As the days are approaching towards his return, no one knows the day or hour. (coughs) But come on, you all. It's only going to get crazier. And I keep telling you that ultimately the true bride of Christ, she is going to be pushed out. But that's why we must be about our Father's business, you all. We must understand what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. To walk in the Spirit. Lord, I said I wasn't going to preach that long today, Miss Shayla. I was going to get through my notes. I was going to end. We're going to have our little communion, and then we're going to eat barbecue, Maritza. But Lord, I can't because I'm like Jesus. <laughs> I'm like Jesus. Like when I think of freedom, when I remember what my mind used to be like, <laughs> when I remember the things I used to do. God. Only God. Only God. Yeah, if I was still in control, I would be right back there. In a flash, in a heartbeat. But because of Christ, I've crucified it. It's all bleh. I don't even want it. Bleh. Dust, dust, dust. Let me just get bags of dust and start blowing it in your face on Sundays. This is what you're chasing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just think about your week. What have you been chasing? What have you been doing? How have you been engaging in your Christian life? And if you haven't, then I, I'm telling you, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I keep offering it to you. I'll meet with you. I'll, 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 if, if you want someone else to meet with, I'll find you someone else to meet with. 
But I'm telling you, you need to get discipled. You need to get grounded. You need to get rooted. There's a lot of people holding a form of religion. They look godly. They can talk Scripture. Oh, they'll pray. They'll prophesy. They'll do all this stuff. And they look righteous and they look holy. Oh, I've got a godly standard. But yet they're full of devil. Because watch their life. And they're not around the church. And then you have to ask yourself why they're comfortable around you to act differently. Just a thought out there. Just a thought out there. On one way, but then shed it. And I'm just going to live how I want to live. Say what I got to say. Do what I got to do. Do me. Hide in the dark. <laughs> and play these weird games that people play. I'm like, huh? Oh, trust me, I've been there. Done that. What are you doing there, Rob? Ah, Jesus. There's Holy Spirit. Couldn't you just left me? like that because I want you to get this picture. Remember I told you when my training's in Universal, when a child is lost in a crowd, you don't stand over them because it provokes fear. You get down to their level and you meet them right there and you assure them, I've got you. Lost in this world. Lost amongst that sea of people. Lost amongst life and all of its circumstances and chaos and abuse and insecurities and everything else. And when everything looks so scary and so overwhelming, the Savior steps in and says, it's okay. You see, I formed you. I fashioned you. I know you. But above all, I love you. Come with me. I mean, come on, you all, really? And we're going to keep living lives that deny him, that slap his hand and say, no, 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 I don't want you. I may take a little bit of you, but I don't want the full of you. (laughs) Your eternities mean more to me than your temporalness. I mean, that's what God does, you all. He steps in. He stoops down. And some of us need to start being like our Father and start stooping down among others who are lost and saying, hey, I'll go through it with you. Because I know the one that will give me the power to encourage you to to be there for you and to uphold truth to you. That's what he did. That's what he continues to do. So that at the end of your life, there's no fault found in him. 
You can't say, why, why didn't you do this? And sh- you should have done that. And you can have all your charges on all your accusations. But he's a just God. They won't stick. Because ultimately it was you who refused him. You refused him. So applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. If we don't apply it, apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book and a practical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. When we apply the Bible, God himself will be with us. The degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's words is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Application implies action. And obedient action is the final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of scripture enforces and further enlightens our study and it also serves to sharpen our discernment, helping us to better distinguish between Good and evil. In the day and age, I keep telling you, where evil is now good. And you think you're just going to roll out of bed. I'm a Christian. I'm telling y'all, get in the Word. Get in the Word. I didn't have church when I first came to Christ. I tried, but they told me to leave. And told me I was the devil. There just to pervert the man. <laughs> I just had a Bible. And my tapes. And my book. Battlefield of the Mind. God, if you, you need a good book to read. Battlefield of the Mind. And those were my tools that the Holy Spirit used. To begin to equip me. So that when I went back to, into churches to find a church home, I wasn't easily offended by them. And then when I finally found a church home, I was able to embrace them. I said, oh, Father, thank you. And then I just ate as much as I could. When, when they open again, I want to go back. When they open again, I want to go back. I just want to eat, I just want to eat, I just want to eat. I just want to feast off the word. See, before Christ, we know who we were. And you give everything of yourself, every ounce of you, in that identity. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. You pour everything into it. Who I am. And you think, oh, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And, but yet you, don't, you do nothing with it? When you're born of a new nature now, Still wet behind the ears? Okay, God, how do I live now? Just as much effort as you put in over here, you now put in over here. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. How am I to live? How am I to live? Not because I'm forced to. If I don't do right, he's going to get me. That was never a thought of mine. For goodness sakes, if he wanted to get me, he would have got me then. (laughs) If he wanted to get you, if he's such a bad God and a horrible God and he's no, this God and we have all our accusations, everything, he would have done it 
then, or he would do it right now while you're sitting here because you're not in him. You've begun this work in me. God, I'm going to trip. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. God, I'm not going to do things right. I'm not going to say things right. I may think, say things out of order. Like, put. Get your eyes off yourself, Rob. I've got you. I'll do it through you. Get out of the way. Do you have that relationship with your father? God, I love him. Man, I'm telling you. My Redeemer lives. Again, how do I know that I know that I know? Because I talked to Him this morning. I've been with Him. I remain in Him. I abide in Him. I I take it for true when when the Word tells me. Abide in me. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, you're just too serious about this. I, I don't think Christianity needs to be taken out literal, Rob. Maybe you needed that because of all of your brokenness and your addictions and your past. And maybe that's good for you. Oh, you would be shocked at the things you hear Christians tell me. Yeah. I go, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I go back into the New Testament. I start reading the letters to the churches, and I'm like... message for them as it is for me so I'm sorry what's giving you the right to yourself to live can you show me that in scripture <laughs> oh, you're just trying to challenge me no no because really seriously if you're telling me I have a right to just live how I want don't take it so serious then show me that and no one has been able to They've tried. You know, there's all these fun little scriptures people like to take out of context, but as soon as they throw them out, you go, oh, but that doesn't measure up against the whole council. Do you understand the whole council of God's word? Well, I read a little psalm here, there. Sometimes I read this, I post a little thing there, and that's as much much as I know. Okay, but you're going to be swept away. Your roots aren't down deep. Your foundation is not on the rock. It's on sand. So we have to wake up, y'all. We have to wake up. Let's go to Second. I mean, First Corinthians. Why do we have to wake up? Because we are to be the people of God, doing the will of God for the glory of God. First Corinthians chapter eleven. We've read this. You've heard it. Um. Verses 1 through 2, remember 1 is at the bottom of chapter 10. And you should, who? You! Should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I'm so glad that you are always keeping me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I passed on to you. You should be able to say that to people. He wasn't being prideful. Paul wasn't being prideful. Again, do you understand who these people were? Some of them were religious, 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 religious Jews who have now been liberated from the law, from that dead religion that was sending them to hell and awakened to truth, 
rebirthed by the Spirit, accepting Christ as the, their Messiah. Wow. Their eyes are open. They understand all the fulfillment of these laws. Not that the law was done away with, but it was never meant to be an institution <laughs> that keeps them bound. But it's of a person who can liberate them for all eternity. And now they're mixed in with temple, ex-temple prostitutes. Gentiles, people they've hated their whole entire lives. Ah, they're dirty. And now they're all gathering together, just wanting Jesus. How do we live? So the wolves in sheep clothing came to try to pounce on them. The moment to bring division. Here's the moment to bring confusion. Here's the moment to introduce new teachings. Paul says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. If you go back to chapter 10, and if you want a good study for yourself for this week, go back and read chapter 10. Lessons from Israel's idolatry. And why it's important you understand that. But in order to avoid idolatry in your life, follow a Christian that's imitating Christ. Not because they're perfect. It's because Christ is all they have. And I'm so glad that you're always keeping me in your thoughts and that you're following the teachings I passed on to you. You're applying them. You're applying them. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 through 4. By his, whose, God's, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Did you hear that? So then what excuse did you have this week for giving yourself over to the things you gave yourself over to? Your thoughts, your attitudes, all of it, towards the dust. God has given you everything you need. You just haven't put it into practice. You haven't applied the truth. He's given you everything you need to live a godly life, even in a chaotic world, in an ungodly world. Remember, Jesus didn't pray for us to be taken out of the world as soon as we gave our lives to him. It would be much easier, Lord. <laughs> no. You just ask the Father, protect them by the name of which you've given me. Because now we're purpose. Remember what I said back here? What he did before he placed us in our mother's womb? He formed us. He fashioned us in seclusion. Remember the hairs on our heads. Placed works for us to do. Sent us in. And then brought us from that rebellious nature 
set us free to now do what we're purposed to do. To stand against darkness. To intercede for our loved ones. To not go out and to be weirdos and scream at people and bah on people. But to meet them right where they're at. You're not the Holy Ghost Junior, so you're not bringing, you're not saving anyone. All you're doing is you're just a laborer in the harvest field. Planting and watering. Planting and watering. Be about your father's business. I don't know what we've done with Christianity. I don't know why we've made it this weird thing. Just be as one who is yet now bound to Christ. I don't know what that means. Because He's given us everything we need to live a godly life that you can walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation that you would be numbered as part of His bride that is without spot and blemish. She's not tainted because she's spreading herself around to every lever that comes alongside of her. She's not giving herself over to everyone and anything. You're not enough right now, Jesus. I need Him. I need her. I need that. <laughs> Come on. Come on. People need to see that this is real. What are we doing? I told you back in the days before I came to Christ, I looked at Christians like, what kind of nuts? You need Jesus, Rob. You need Jesus. You need to come to church. You need to come to church, Rob. You you need Jesus. God hates you. You're an abomination. <laughs> and all that is true. <laughs> but truth being told in a way <laughs> that's not based on truth is not really truth at all. It's oppression. That's why the Bible warns us, stay away from people who hold a form of godliness, but deny the power of God to transform. We're not told to stay away from the world. We're told to stay away from those who even would eat among our fellowship meals and they got an anger problem. (laughs) That's what the word of God says. And yet we say, oh, that's just how Gilda is. You know? Oh, you don't know her past. She's just broken and busted and disgusted. She has every right to be angry. Not that she is. But you know, but we do that. We make, we make excuses. Well, you know, that's just, that's just how they are. No, that's not how they are. Why, 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 what are we doing? What are we doing? We're supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to be encouraging and edifying and building each other up. We're supposed to be encouraging and, and saying, use your gifts because each of us have gifts and they've been distributed amongst us and we're truly Christians and each of us need to be fully engaged with the giftings that we've been given instead of trying to chase and get other people's gifts. Be content in what, with what we have and begin to allow God to use us to bring about what He's purposing in our generation because again, we're purposed for such a time as this. 
to be about our Father's business. To get up every day and instead of you cowering down to hell, hell ought to be cowering down to Christ in you. I said, enough over my family, enough over my city, enough over my life. Oh, but we're just going to roll out of bed, say my little prayers, do my little thing, and there's nothing in us. And that somehow we think we're saved. And yet there's no fruit in our lives. Jesus don't like trees without fruit. He curses them and they wither up and die. (laughs) Think about that. And you all expect me just to get up here and just pretend with you all. I can't. No, I can't. 26 years ago, it it was real then on my knees as it is real today. And I have gone through, and I'm sure I'll continue to go through. But there's one thing that I know. If God is for me, then who, who can be against me? Y'all just got to know your God and start living for your God. You're chasing after the anointing. You got to be chasing after God. There's a lot of anointing people full of demons. I keep telling y'all I'm not impressed with the size of your church. I'm not impressed with the size of the crowds that come. I'm not impressed with the size of 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 the people, of the group that you're feeding. I'm not impressed. If your life, if your life is not imitating Christ, not just when you're among them or before them, but when you can't even show up to work on time, we kill, oh, oh, no. <laughs> you looked right at her. Well, I didn't mean to. When your when your character is out of order. Come on now. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, because I say that, not because I'm pointing to her, because I've had people like tell me things, and I just go, but you can't even do the simplest thing. Like, you're constantly gossiping, backbiting. Your mouth is filthy. You, you do this, you do that, and all of this and all of that. And I'm supposed to applaud because you're feeding the homeless. We read last week, if you have... Not love. (laughs) If love is not the base of it, it means nothing. (laughs) Noisy. So come on, listen to what it says there. By His divine power, God has given you everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us, listen to that, great and precious promises. And I keep encouraging you every time I read this scripture to us throughout this year, do you know his promises? 
These are the promises that what? Enable you, you, enable you to share. God, hear this. His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. This is what you're called into. His divine nature so that you're escaping the world's corruption. You're living differently. You're living differently. Go to John 8.36. I still have time. Oh, we're not going to get to Chronicles, but that's all right. We will. We will. We're in Scripture, so that's all good. Where did I say? What did I say? What did I say? John 8, 36. I'm going to leave you today with Scriptures on freedom. Oh, Lord. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free... You are still bound by sin, still a slave. That's not what it says, you all. So if the Son, who is Christ, has set you free, you are truly free. It's not a put-on. It's not a show. It's not a show. It's genuine. Genuine. I don't have to put on a show. I don't have to be something that I'm not. I'm going through. You're going to know I'm going through. I told you years ago when they had me up on the platforms. Get out there. Rout the crowd. Shuck and jive with them. This is in church. Just for the money. Get the money. Get the money. We're going to promote you. You're going to be the next big thing on TBN. We've got plans for you. We're your John the Baptist. I just got caught up in it. You don't think my flesh enjoyed that? My acting background? (laughs) All that stuff. Oh, God, put me out there. I'll do. What are you doing there? Because I haven't called you to that. What, God? Come out from among them. Aren't they godly people? Aren't we doing your will? Listen, you get so caught up in chaos and craziness. The message in which we've been given is freedom, you all. That's it. He who the Son has set free is truly free. Free indeed. Oh, that you would experience that. Oh, that you would know that. <coughs> Second Corinthians 5, verse 7. 17. Thank you, Carrie. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. This chapter, if you read through it, it, it talks about how we're to be the ambassadors of Christ. But I just want to focus on this one scripture for you. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. The old life, the old ways of thinking, 
the old desires, the old wants, the old needs, the old the insecurities, the old wounds, because you just don't know what they've done to me. It's done away with because in Christ you're complete. You're healed. A new life comes forth now to be lived. To be lived. Do you know how many broken people you know? Broken people are today? Bound by just Ugh. Wouldn't it be nice? There's a way out. His name is Jesus. I'll walk through it with you. You won't have to go through it alone. Meet them right where they're at. Meet strangers. You just show up at the door. Or maybe people I haven't seen in years, all of a sudden I get a phone call. Can they come see you? Can, can, we, can I come back and just sit and talk with you? I don't fold my arms up and be like, well, I haven't seen you in five years. What do you want? <laughs> no. It's like, oh, yeah, come sit. All I have is Jesus. I always tell people when I start counseling and sharing with people, listen. All I have is the word. All I have is Jesus. That's all we have. And this hope here of this new life. And this is what I held. That's what, you know, when I was on my knees 26 years ago, you know what kept hitting me? Because we're heading to that scripture. Is when I kept seeing new life, I kept saying, what? I'm, an, I'm, I'm to be new? I'm a new person? But what about all this stuff? Like, it's done. It's finished. Yet though, it's all still there. But I've had to learn, and you have to learn how to mature in it, that it's not, you're not identifying with it anymore. Yell and scream at me all you want from my past. Let things flare up and do whatever you want. Let the insecurities rise up. Let all of it bombard. I'm a new man. I'm a new creation, not of my own doing, because of Christ. So I turn and I look back at what's screaming at me. Though I don't see anything physically there, you understand. But I begin to say, let me tell you about the one who made me new. The one who stooped low. The one who took my punishment. The one who came to reconcile me back to my Father that now therefore I'm at peace. And because I have this peace with my God, your voice has no place in my life. See, I don't know how you're talking. I don't know what you're doing. I just come to church when I can. And you think that's it? You think God's at, oh, that's good for them today. That gets their feet in. Some of you may not even last this week. You may drop dead by Thursday. If not tonight. (laughs) And then you're going to have to ask yourself, when you get up from this place, what did you do with all this? Because you know where you're at. 
you know exactly where you're at with God. Are you a new creation? Have you been born again? Or is it just religion? Dust. Dust you are and dust you'll be. But God's design and and purpose for you is that you would be with Him for eternity. That you would be with Him for eternity. Not separated from Him. In a place of torment for eternity. I know we like to do away with hell. But Jesus didn't. It's a place of torment. Oh, he's a bad God. No, he's not. He's a just God. He's a just God. And as we've read scripture before, it is his desire that none shall perish, but that all, that all, that all, that all would come to the saving knowledge. Jesus Christ, of the provision which our Creator provided for us through His Son, that we might live, that we may walk upright. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And if you're not experiencing that new life, do not get up from this place today until you get on your face. I gotta get on my face. Well, then just sit there, bow your head, but humble yourself and say, "God, I don't know. Am, am I born again?" You just questioning that. You just even allowing that to be a thought is not even of your own doing. That's the Holy Spirit saying, "Wake up from your slumber. You're not born again." But allow me to breathe upon you. Christ has been revealed to you now. Receive him. Believe, confess that Jesus is the Son of God and that he rose from the dead. Understand you are an enemy of God, but he's restoring you back to himself. And in that moment, in that moment, (coughs) you're born again. Well, I don't feel different. That's all right. You're going to start maturing. You didn't feel anything when you came out of the womb. You don't remember that experience. (laughs) But you grew, didn't you? All types of ways. (laughs) So just begin the process, you all. The process that he's begun and that he's faithful to complete. So get out of his way. Don't become religious. When that religion crept into me years ago and I just began to I kept looking at Gilda every time I would leave church and I got so depressed. Is this really what I gave my life to? Is this really what it's supposed to be? Is this this it? Because I need to have a talk with with him because this is crazy. Who does this? I wouldn't have left my life for this. I wouldn't have. I would I know. You allow him to complete what he's begun and you just keep walking it out faithfully. 
application brings forth obedience. Obedience brings forth maturity, which brings forth fruit in your life. And you can walk upright, secured, held in His hand. I've got you, child. Now go. Be my witness. Be my witness. Go to Romans 6. All the glory to God, you all. But usually before the 7th of July, the Sunday before, I always share with you, because I usually take, and I am, I'm off this week, because I just love to celebrate, I love to reflect on different things that God has done. It's going to be 26 years at 2.30 that I bowed my knee. I said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I feel like I'm losing my mind. crying out. My gay lover's on the other side of the bedroom door. I'm hearing him sobbing. This whole process he's watching. And he keeps telling me, I don't know how to fight for you. I don't know what to do for you. You're you're changing. You're becoming a different man. If it was another woman, if it was another man, I would fight for you. But you know what he would say? And you've heard me say this. You were looking, he said, but I can't, I don't know how to fight against this God who has captured your heart. In the room, I'm like, God, please stop all of this because I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. Leave it all, Rob. <laughs> oh God! No, no, no! This must be Satan. No, this, this is, this is crazy. This, what is this? <laughs> And so everything that was going on inside of me, I, I threw the Bible. Many of you have heard this again, but I'm telling you again. I said, you need to confirm in your word what you're speaking to me, that I know I'm not crazy. So I threw the Bible, and I don't suggest that to anyone. But God knew what I needed right then and there as he knows what you need. And boom, the pages, Bible. Flat, I looked. Sin's power's broken. Romans 6. What then? Should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we are joined in His death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Chain broke off. Since we have been united with him in his death, we have also been raised to life. Another chain as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this. 
Because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again, death no longer has power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. By now (laughs) that he lives, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirement of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. But now you must give yourself to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin. And that becomes slaves of God. Now you do these things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I read it again. And when I finally stood up, I told you all, you've heard me share this. It's like just junk fell off of my life. And for the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, I wasn't broken. Nothing changed in me. The wounds, the hurts, everything of me was still there. But I was free. There was a wholeness. There was a peace that I had longed for my whole entire life. And when I opened the door, Rich was there just sobbing. And he was like, you're his. You're leaving, right? I'm like, yeah. I've got to go. I don't know what I'm going to become. But I know I belong to him. You can't write this. You can't make this up. You wouldn't choose this. 
And you say, well, my experience is not like that. It doesn't matter. You don't need to have an experience like that. What you need to know is you're a sinner. (laughs) And that you're an enemy to the throne of God. The ultimate God. The only God. The author of life. You were born in a nature that hates Him. Oh, it loves its idols. It loves its false gods and the gods of the land. But the true God says, stay away from them. Isn't it funny? Have you ever read the Old Testament? He names those gods. That's why he tells his people, stay away from them. He doesn't say, oh, that's just (laughs) make-believe. No. Darkness is real, you all. Strongholds, principalities, and rulers, oh, they're real. But they're not greater than our God. Do you want to talk about freedom? Are you free? Do you truly understand what it means to be free? To be free? Remember I said earlier, people, lovely Christians, I'm sure, well, Rob, that's a beautiful experience for you, but you can't hold that up for everyone else. But did he write that just for me? Did he put that there in Romans? Because he knew back then, 26 years ago, that I, I needed that? Come on, stop the foolishness. This is for everyone. A new life. A new life. Poor Doreen. She comes up here. First time I met her. She thought I was a nut. Who is this man? That has my daughter and her family up in his house. And she sat here while I was preaching that day. With just If she could have devoured me, she probably would have. Just hard. Just hard. Right, Doreen? Yes. <laughs> you should have seen her. I needed a bouncer that day. <laughs> Jesus. But man. Man. Oh, God did. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. I've baptized many people, and it's all, they're all very memorable to me. But one that stands out to me, I'll never forget her coming out of that water. I'll never forget as long as I live. The softness, everything that began to change in her. And then how God used her in a very critical season of my life where everything was collapsing on me. I went through the most intense hell. And I just, I didn't even want to do this anymore. It's like, I, I, just, I don't even want to do this. I don't even want to be around these people. I, I, I can't even do it any longer. And I'll never get my poor sweet mama. <laughs> Robert, what are you going to do about Doreen? I said, well, Mom. <laughs> What are you going to do about Doreen? 
So what about Doreen? Mom, I'm talking about everything that's going on. I know, Robbie, but what are you going to do about Doreen? I just, I just need you to pray about that. And for a season, shut everything else and shut everyone else out. Except Doreen on Skype. And God used her to breathe life into these dead bones, these dry bones, this wounded preacher. And I was like, ah. See, you're going to go through it, you all. You're going to go through life. Your Christian walk is not just all kumbaya. It's life. And you're behind enemy lines. And there's a way in which you are to be engaging you all. And it's living out this new life. Finally, Romans 8, 1, 2. Ah, Jesus. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to themselves. Not what the word says. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you. And I want you to take that word this week. Yes, I told you, celebrate our nation. We ought to be celebrating this nation whom God has set apart. Not man. God has set apart. But we don't worship our nation. But the ultimate freedom is only found in Christ. And when you understand this, when it says the life-giving spirit has freed you from all that you were, all your wounds, all your brokenness, all your insecurities, all your sin, everything about you, you don't have to continue to identify with. It's your choice if you do. It's your choice. You choose. Of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That's what it does. Leads to death. And so I pray that you, as we go forth from this day, we're going to take communion in a minute. I'm going to allow the song to be played over us. But before you take the elements, if you choose to take them, please just don't rush into them with us. Because you're actually reaping yes. wrath upon yourself. Oh, you're trying to scare us from taking communion? No, but that's just the reality because the word of God, like you understand what you're doing when you're holding these elements. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. It's an ordinance that's given to the church. And so allow this time as these words are being sung over you. Because I love when Psalms tells us that he sings songs of deliverance over us. And I truly believe that, you all. So allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to you. And if you're not born again, but then this is the moment, this is the time. Be born again. Accept Jesus. Recognize that you're a sinner. I don't need to lead you in a 20-minute prayer. By faith, believe. Respond to what the Spirit of God is doing within you. I'm a sinner. 
But God, you made provision through Jesus. I need you. You've awakened me for the desire to be born again. Jesus is the Son of God and He rose from the dead. I believe. I confess. The Bible says, you're born again of the Spirit. Don't get up and take it for granted. But if you already have been delivered, set free, born again, well, this is the time to make sure you don't have any active sin in your life. My God. So this is your, our time, you all. Because we're doing this in remembrance of all that Jesus has done. So Norman, would you come and begin to pass out the elements? And if you need to make more, the stuff is there. But I'm going to play this song, then I'll... We'll take the elements together. Ah, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. 
Okay, would you pray over the bread? <clears throat> Father, we hold this in our hands as a symbol of your broken body, Jesus. We don't do this because we should or because other churches do it. God, we do it because it's in your word. Your word says that this do in remembrance of me. Each and every day, we may not hold this little wafer in our hands every single day, but everything we should do is in remembrance of you. Every word that we speak, everything we put our hands to. Father, forgive us when we take it for granted. I have this image of your son hanging on a cross and then us just living our lives. Every piece of his body was broken so that we could live in freedom. Oh, that we wouldn't take that for granted. So we take this now as a commandment from you in remembrance of the sacrifice of Jesus. In his name. Amen. Take Amen. Gilda, would you pray over the cup? Jesus for this day God. yet another opportunity to hear from your word Father we pray God that we will not turn a deaf ear God or remain with a rebellious heart but I pray God that we would humble ourselves Lord and that we would recognize God all that you've done for us you are a good God that you are gracious that you're slow to anger that your, your desire that none shall perish, but all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And oh, how I pray that to be so for today. God, if there's any among us or anyone that would be listening to this later on the podcast, Father, Lord, that needs, Lord, this new life that you offer. Oh, how I pray that today would be the day of salvation. I pray, God, that they would then take the next steps to be baptized. And then to be discipled, that they may come to, to know and to obey all of your commands. And Father, for those who are in Christ, I pray, Father, that you would continue to strengthen them, Lord Jesus. Encourage them, Holy Spirit. 
sustain them, protect them by the name which you have been given. May they go forth, Father, living it out, accomplishing the works in which you've prepared for them to do in this generation. Not in another own strength, not by their own mind, not by their own power, but only through the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for the time of fellowship, Father. We thank you for the meal that we're about to partake of, Lord. Father, I pray, God, it will strengthen and and nourish our bodies for thy service, Lord. We thank you, God, for our nation. Father, there's been such strife and chaos chaos and division over these past years. And the image of America, Lord, has been tarnished. But God, you set this nation aside for your purpose. May we not forget that as your people. May we not be those worshiping our nation, but may we truly understand as we worship the true God, Father, that you chose us to be here. Yes. Citizens of this nation. That we may have the liberty and the freedom to worship you. And as the days continue to approach, Father, towards your return, we know ultimately, God, that there will come a demise to our nation. But God, we ask that your mercy will be extended. And that even when that day comes, Father, that your church, Father, would not lose her identity. Because ultimately, God, we're citizens of heaven. And so, Lord, may we be about our Father's business now, while we have the opportunity, and even then, if we're shut out of society, that we would not turn from faith, but that we would continue to fan the flame to burn for Christ and for Christ alone, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, hang back. If not, head down. And there's a card over there for Debbie.